The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. All these homilies are the same in content as those preached. They have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey but a walking stick, no food, no sack, no money in their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals, but not a second tunic. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. Whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off your feet in testimony against them. So they went off and preached repentance. The twelve drove out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. In the first reading, we hear about Amos, who, because of his negative and unpopular prophecies, had fallen into disfavor with the leaders of Bethel, in this case, Amaziah the priest, who pretty much tells him to hit the road and not prophesy in Bethel. In referring to Amos, you can almost hear the contempt in Amaziah's words, telling Amos to earn his bread by prophesying somewhere else suggesting Amos' words were of his own origin rather than the words of God. Amos, for his part, wants to make it clear that he is not a prophet by choice or by association, but by the Lord's will, stating simply that he was a shepherd and a dresser of sycamores when the Lord took him and compelled him to prophesy. The dresser of sycamores is an unusual job title for us, but in Palestine, A sycamore is a kind of a fig tree with a smaller and somewhat more difficult to harvest fruit. A sycamore dresser is not someone who puts little clothes on them, but a person who punctures the fruit to hasten the ripening and also prunes the stalks, much as we might pinch off a tomato plant's extra stems. The job of shepherd is one more familiar to us, and needless to say, Both of these positions were among the more humble occupations of the day. But though his position in life may have been a humble one, that did not keep God from calling Amos to service beyond what he most likely thought were his capabilities. There was nothing in shepherding and fruit tending that would be a traditional preparation for ministry. In the Gospel, we see again God in the person of Jesus sending out seemingly the ill-equipped and poorly prepared to do his work. In this case, Jesus gives specific instructions to the apostles, fishermen, tax collector, and such other unlikely candidates, to take virtually nothing with them in terms of resources, save a walking stick and sandals, basically the means to get from place to place, but no further sustenance, forcing them to depend on God through others to provide for their day-to-day needs. And off they went, not only preaching, but also driving out demons and curing the sick. So we have some pretty common folk 
called by God into service, as we are, by virtue of our baptism, called to participate in Christ's offices of priest, prophet, and king. But as we see in both of these readings, even though called by God, it does not necessarily mean an easy road. They want to run Amos out of town, and Jesus advises the apostles what to do when, as he knows will happen, some of the locals refuse to welcome them or choose not to listen to them. Now, in light of the second reading, Paul's letter to the Ephesians that so eloquently speaks of our being chosen to be redeemed, forgiven, adopted, and lavished with the riches of God's grace, we might wonder why, if we are so blessed and so called, why do we, as the prophet Amos and the apostles, ever have difficulties? Why, if we truly surrender to God and turn our lives over to Him, do we still face struggles? In an effort to answer this question, I want to take you from the shepherd Amos to another Old Testament shepherd, David, son of Jesse of Bethlehem. Now David, if you recall, was anointed as future king by Samuel the prophet long before he became king, while he was in fact still a young shepherd. And it says in 1 Samuel that from the time of his anointing, the Spirit of God rushed on David. So we know that David had a powerful experience of God, that his faith, trust, and ability to surrender to God was where it was supposed to be. So what does that mean for a working shepherd? I mean, if you have faith in God and surrender everything to him, do you still have to tend the sheep? I mean, if God is in charge and all-powerful, can't he watch and protect the sheep while you sleep in or play the harp or write psalms or something? And even if you do decide to go out and watch them, no worries, right? But we know that is not how it was for David. Remember David's first claim to fame was when he defeated Goliath. If you remember the story, Goliath, the Philistine, a giant of a man thought to be nine feet tall by some accounts, was basically staring down the whole Israel army and daring them to send out any single soldier for a one-on-one winner-take-all death match. Kind of sounds like the World Wrestling Federation. None of King Saul's guys were up for the challenge, until David, who happened to be delivering some supplies to his brothers, who were soldiers, came on the scene and appalled at the insolence of Goliath to mock and insult God's army, goes and tells Saul that he, David, will whoop that giant. Saul looks David in the eye and says to him, You are still a youth, and Goliath has been a warrior since his youth. You have no chance. And this is where we learn about David's life as an anointed shepherd, for he proceeds to explain to King Saul how he, David, is not such a pushover. He tells about how, when doing his shepherd thing from time to time, a lion or a bear would come and grab a sheep from the flock and that David would go after the lion or the bear and snatch the sheep from its mouth, and if the lion or bear would turn on David and attack him, then David would grab it by the throat and kill the animal, presumably with his bare hands. So even though David was chosen and anointed, and the Spirit of God was in him, he still had difficulties. God did not keep the wild animals away from the sheep. God did not strike down the bear or the lion when they attacked. No, David took care of it himself. And as he told Saul in making his case, the same Lord who delivered me from the claws of the lion and the bear 
will deliver me from the hands of this Philistine. And as most of us know, David goes on to kill Goliath, and the Israel army routs the Philistines on that day. But why did David the shepherd have to deal with lions and bears? Could it be that by responding to the challenges that God allowed in David's life, by responding in faith and trusting God to deliver him, that David grew in faith and in his trust of God? That each time, rather than running away or quitting or just suffering through the experience, he responded with courage and confidence. And as each God-given triumph took place, he grew in faith and trust of God so as to be better prepared for the next challenge in God's service. I don't think David probably had to fight the bear and lion on his first day. He probably started with something smaller, like a fox or a wolf. And then as he met each challenge with God's help, he grew stronger in faith and more confident and better able to take on the next attack. To the point where he went forward without fear to face Goliath, having learned to trust the Lord to deliver him in all circumstances and against all odds. The difficulties in our lives may not be the same as David's, But as long as we are challenged, our response should be the same. We are called by virtue of our baptism, where we too receive an anointing to share in the role of priest, prophet, and king. As we grow in, develop, and pursue our relationship with God, we are all assured of the promises in His Word. But that does not mean that we will never be challenged. It means simply that when difficulties arise, God will give us what we need when we respond in faith. He will deliver us, and in doing so, strengthen our faith as He draws us closer to Himself, assuring us of His loving care and provision in our lives. Whether we tend sycamores or fish or whatever, no matter how ill-equipped we may feel in responding to God's call, we can be confident our obedient response will be met with all we need to overcome the challenges we face in the grace and the power and the mercy of He who calls us. Send questions or comments regarding this podcast to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.